Yeah, good boy. Good boy. Podcast contributor juice box. <laughs> You're a little man. Okay. Boys don't like it when you say that to them. You're a little man. Depends on which part of their anatomy you're saying it to. Well, I mean, they always assume it's just the one. That is annoyingly true. When I lost my virginity... Uh, did you refer to dude's penis as little man? Well, no, but I did say... Because uh, there were some logistical problems, like getting it where it needed to go, like all the way. And I didn't want him to know that I hadn't done it before. So I was like... Why is uh, it sex is like that? I don't know, man. Well, look, because I wanted him to believe that I was 18 years old when oh, I was not. Oh, wow. Okay, that, that already I was tells. 16 because yeah. he would have been arrested. So that's kind of terrible and disingenuous. Oh, abs- it absolutely <laughs> is, yeah. So, but, but For then the I, record? <laughs> the worst part, uh, the most disingenuous or terrible part was that I said, uh, haven't you done this before? <sighs> e. And then he stopped. He was not interested in continuing for a little while. I mean, that is incredibly ironically making fun of him in a way that is, yeah. Wow, Megan. Well, look, I was a child, okay? Yes. Yes, you were. (laughs) Haven't you done this before? We're all terrible. Was that shitty or what? (laughs) We are all terrible. I'm not going to say that I've not done anything of a similar or worse caliber. Fuck that guy. He was having sex with a child. So, so, how are you? Hello, it's secretly timid. Got Hi, it. secretly timid. Uh, it's just me and Otiano this week. Johnless, Johnless, Sarahless. But juice box. We do have a juice box here. He's uh he's in the captain's chair. Um, stop, puggle time. Yeah. So we do have a featured song this week. John has sent me that I'm just going to get to right now. The name right of the now. song is Flawless by Dorothy. Bless you. You're welcome. I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about Dorothy either. I, I do want to talk about the, the, the intro, though, because, you know, we all we all enjoy making fun of Bill O'Reilly. But, you know, he he hasn't fallen off the planet yet, right? I mean, he's no longer, <laughs> on, he's no longer on Fox I'm, News. I'm supposed to be getting a notification on my phone when that happens, oh, so I do okay. know that that has but, not but this, happened. You, you know, he, he he's off Fox News, and he's now just on his website and still on Twitter and still, you know, talking to people about terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably has a podcast. I don't know, nor do I care. But I just think it's fascinating that, like, there is was, there was legit uh, people that have known and or realized that he was horrible for a long time now. And that wasn't enough because he still had one of the most popular shows in the country. So people, despite him being objectively terrible, were still raging fans of his. Then it became clear that he was not only an asshole, but a misogynist and or sexual predator asshole. Well, but if it's popular, it can't be terrible. Exactly. Well, hey, but this is the point I'm making. (laughs) And, And so now that we're clear of both of those things, even though he is both objectively terrible and a sexual predator and misogynist, he still 
has people that are like, nope, nope, I'm still on this train. This train's okay. You know that that, that would happen for anybody. I, I'm assuming that you, you're surprised by the volume of people because there's always going to be somebody who is a fan of something. Yeah. No matter how depraved it may be. I just think there's a direct correlation between the fact that he exists and still exists and the fact that a whole number of other vile people of that caliber exist and um, how poor a job we are for all of the Christian moral majority stuff and for all of our like um, uh, Team America or World Police-esque jingoistic capitalism and patriotism and democracy and stuff or what make us great type stuff. The fact that that is still a prevalent element in our political discourse undermines so much of what's allegedly on the tin as far as what this country contains. Right. That's it. Well, the pendulum swings, right? True, true. Um, which is maybe part of the explanation of why things are the way they are currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the pendulum swing analogy is very, is very important and valid in reminding people that, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all a cycle. So. Yeah, progress is not linear. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. We go forward and then we go backward mm-hmm. quite a ways. Yes. And then we go forward a little bit. And not everybody is facing the same way on the train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so, true. I like that analogy. That's thanks. Nice. I just came up with that just now. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Nice one. Thank you. I was talking about Europe earlier with someone and reminded me of that. This is my thread of thinking i'm really confused by like the fact that you know you're sitting in a different spot mm-hmm. that's you occupied by somebody else and that you know it's just you and i this is the first the first time i recall it's probably happened before but the first time i remember just being the two of us it's very intimate i'm gonna not sing the song again actually the fact that i'm singing the fact that i sung that song at one point reminds me that it probably was just the two of us oh that song yeah it's that's a good not song. what i was thinking i love that song uh Cheesy sax solos. Oh, yeah. God, there is not an instrument that I dislike more than the saxophone. Really? Really. I used to be a diehard, like, David Sanborn fan and a diehard Ugh. Charlie Bird fan and a diehard, like, I still am a diehard. Is it John Bill Zorn? Clinton? Uh, n- no, no. Um, and, and of course, Coltrane. And yeah, I, I, I was, I actually wanted to play the sax for a long time. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, the saxophone really is some bullshit. The, really? Yeah, the popular kids though did play that in yes, band. Yes, they all I do to remember be that. Kenny G or whoever. Mm-hmm. Clarinet was very popular. I played the clarinet and the sax. They asked some the of the clarinets to pick other instruments because mm-hmm. there were it was clarinet heavy. Clarinet heavy. Yeah. yeah. Although I have to say the the oboe is one of my favorite underrated instruments. It's pretty good. There was an excellent oboe performance over at uh, uh, SMU recently that like blew my fucking mind. It was really good. We only had one oboe. She was a uh, man. She was a square, but she was a. I, she was popular. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why. Probably I think she was really she, talented and had she had really good teeth. Really well, good teeth. You kind of have to have some pretty good, you know, um, some kind of dentifrices, frises, mm-hmm. dentifrices, whatever. The oboe is very demanding as far as you know uh, oral control. So your embouchure, <laughs> your embouchure is very important. Well, you know what happened to her. What's that? She lives on the same street upon which she grew up. So, in a good way or in a bad way? You mean, as in, like, she, is there a good way? There is a good way. <laughs> Fuck that. No. Being able to move is not necessarily reflective of one's success. But she didn't move. But that's the thing. You can live in the exact same street 
in the exact same city and you know it's one thing if you go away and successful. you come back but she didn't <laughs> what that doesn't mean anything though it does I mean, I'm a big fan of it travel. It means as that far I'm better than Laura. You, someone. whatever you need to rationalize, <laughs> continue to do means. so. But you know, I agree with you that travel is definitely. I mean, I think it was Mark Twain that says said something along the lines of uh, travel being the remedy to many of man's prejudices. That's cool, but I don't know. I don't want to shade folks that like either understand and respect what they can find in their own communities, or just are more comfortable not going that far. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna. You know, disparage them for that. People like that sometimes. Well, I'm gonna say what you say to me when we're talking about foods, and I then I only want to eat a cheese pizza, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. you have to at least try it. Sure, I agree. I agree entirely. Maybe she has tried it. And you just don't know. No, I know. Oh, how do you know? I've been tracking her movements since <laughs> elementary school. Do you have like a Google alert for her? No, I just uh, I do it on paper. Oh. I just call a bunch of people. Oh. That's not true. I think Juicebox is snoring. He's he's a tired little guy. Uh so OTNO, how was your week, darling? Um my week has been delightful because I come home at the end of the day and I do fun things like don't go straight to class. I actually come home mm. and hang out with my cats and occasionally do social things and um Go to shows and play video games. Um, I recently said fuck you to Destiny 2 and decided to go Warframe instead. For those of you that understand that sort of thing. Um, this is a some sort of video yes, something or other? Yes, it is a video something or other. I was a definite hardcore Destiny player and then Destiny 2 came out and I was super excited about it. And Destiny 2 is pretty shitty in a lot of ways. Um, they nerfed my favorite class a great deal. Or at least made them very different in a way that I didn't really enjoy. Um as a guy who went from Borderlands to Destiny and was playing the Hunter and was just kind of mad about it, um, in, in Destiny 2 at least. So I started playing um, uh, Warframe, which is a free-to-play game, which is vastly superior. Like I'm, it, It's a really weird learning curve because the game doesn't have a lot of really good tutorials for how to play or what to do or what, what why to do or whatever. But if you watch a couple of YouTube videos, it's all of a sudden like, oh, oh, this is not just like pay-to-play bullshit. This is actually like free-to-play, but with you can literally grind for everything if you really, really want to cool and um yeah so if you're that angry destiny 2 player out there that you know or just want to change your pace yo warframe is pretty awesome just saying things you care nothing about megan and i apologize for no i'm i'm listening yeah well listening and caring two different things uh (laughs) and my phone went off oh yeah that's true that is true uh this is a this is a free game thing yes is it online something or other do you have to like buy a cd-rom and put it in your computer it is indeed (laughs) multiplayer you can download it nobody buys hardly anybody buys cd-roms too i know because cd-roms actually most computers even have cd-rom drives anymore it's thing that kind of scared me i i got weird when floppies left because as a former old school server guy i love it when floppies leave it's like get out of here fuck out of here man no no i'm I'm still weirded out by the idea that their machines don't have floppies but now that like usb boot drives are a thing that's fine but now that CDs are leaving too, that's just – I understand it's the next logical progression, but it's still just weird to me. Next is humans. Yes, pretty much. Out the door. Especially on, you know, like um, um, mechanized, you know, industrial production lines. Yeah. Bring in the robotic clowns. Uh, so video games, good. That's – man, that's fantastic news. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you for your – for your uh, um, attempt at uh, um, empathy and or feigned enjoyment. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You didn't 
It didn't take a whole lot of effort. Yeah, that's good. That's as good. you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that, that was my week for the most part. Uh, oh, I did make that butakakuni and it was delicious. Ooh. Yes. I've never heard it described as delicious before. Well, it all depends on the, the diet of the people involved. Oh, you know, there's man. much the same way that ladies can eat certain things to make them tastier. Dudes can do the same thing. Huh. It can be described as delicious. I mean. So go, just go ahead and dive straight into your, your, your unspoken allegation. Or, and or uh, un- un- I appreciate association. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't have anything to contribute to a conversation about Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. But you have but a, this is a, a great topic deal. I know. <laughs> you have a great deal to contribute to the topic of bukake. Uh, I've just seen it. Uh, only you, really? You, you made it sound like you. Made I mean, it requires bed, several. Yes. Several gentlemen. Yes, it does. It does. Which Although, is exactly what they I, are. I was going to say, I don't know if the word gentleman casually encompasses no, yeah. people that are. I don't know if that's the I don't know. Like, would it really? polite thing is to it, do. I mean, sure, why not, gentlemen? Sure. Yeah. It, all, it takes a few, right? If they're wearing top hats and bow ties, of yeah. course. Yeah. I, I, I don't have any experience in, in that and kind of And they are of... holding a cane, arguably. So What? They're holding a cane as well, arguably. Are you talking about their dick or is there a cane yes, involved? I'm talking about, I'm making a bad okay. penis segue there, yeah. No, that was. I missed it. That that oh. I'll take ownership of that. I missed oh, that. It's okay. It happens. But I wasn't sure because I'm, you know, I've I've only seen a few of the videos. Only a few. So I don't remember there being a cane. But, the, the, but there are lots of things not, I don't remember. A cane in, in, in the strictest literal sense is right. not required. No. Got it. I mean, but there probably is Maybe? some like sh- sub sub genre of sub genre that involves men in top hats with a and cane? canes because they're actual yeah. Victorian gentlemen. Like sure. uh, yes. Like a Monopoly guy Bukaki video, or <laughs> I would argue it's unlikely just because you need a hand to hold the cane and a hand to hold your penis. So it'd be a little like, no, it'd be a little busy. That's two hands. Know. But still, it's just you're you know, fully engaged. Think of how many canes and top hats be involved in that one shot. It would get a little pointy, I would think, after a certain point. Or you'd be concerned about like you know, I mean, a cane doesn't getting, take up that much surface area. You'd be concerned about getting materials on your props, and those props are probably rented up to be returned at some point. And who wants to get those props back unless they've been like you know uh, decontaminated? Uh, man, I would not be surprised if the people involved in this kind of video owned their own several canes and top hats. <laughs> You know? I don't, that could be giving people that do Bukaki videos way too much credit, though, as far or, as the size and or depth of their costuming department. Or not get a, giving them enough credit. Who knows? You're right. We don't know these people. Right. Uh, but it does sound to me like you are trying to explain it away, like you don't want it to be No, no, thing. no. Hey, hey. I understand that Everything's Rule 34 exists and that... It's entirely possible that very thing exists, be it um, crudely drawn in MS Paint or in actuality <laughs> on the internet. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Whoa. I'm just saying the likelihood is fairly low. Do you think there's like uh, <laughs> there's like <laughs> MS Paint uh, Bukake um, hentai around? I forget if it's Rule 23. <laughs> or sorry, because Rule 34 is that it exists on the internet. I'm fairly certain that Rule 35 is, if it does not exist in actuality, at the very least exist, drawn crudely in MS Paint. I'm almost <laughs> positive that is the rule progression. Almost entirely positive. Oh, man. This rule is, 34 is a thing, y'all. This it has is really gone off the rails. Yeah, we, we should probably just bring it back and actually... So, so Do you want to talk about Tinder? Because no, no, you were no, getting no, really worked no, up. No, and let's, I, let's talk about that your was, week. That was good for Prince, I think. It's... Let's no. talk about your week. Let's not talk about my lack of success on Tinder. Okay. Uh, what happened to my week? I had a, a fine week. Met lots of interesting people. Did you? Mm-hmm. 
Lots of good conversations. Uh, Sarah and her mom came over. Word. The other night. Mm -hmm. You know, because you were there. I was there. It was a good conversation. Had some, uh, this is a good segue, actually. Uh, We had some frozen pizza. Uh, well, you didn't. I we did. did. Well, actually, no, uh, I, I do actually. I, I, I took leftovers. Oh, that's okay. I'm going to make a uh, French toast pizza with them. All right. Fantastic. Oh, since that's you, right. Since you chose This not was a to. pizza week, man. It was a pizza week. I had a, I had a stromboli this week. Yeah. So we had, we had that. Mm-hmm. And then you sent me the video about making French toast pizza, which I am absolutely going to do at some point when I'm very drunk. <laughs> um, wait, wait. What week for you is not pizza week? Oh, I thought that was kind. I thought you were going to say which week is not very drunk week. Oh, I mean. Also a valid question. <laughs> uh, which week is not pizza week? This was yeah. just a very pizza heavy week. As compared uh, to though. Well, I mean, some weeks I have maybe a day of pizza. Oh, but you do eat pizza every week. Uh, Well, I can't say every week, but. I'm I'm surprised. I thought your, your, your pizza consumption ratio was higher than that. Sometimes I just don't have time, and McDonald's no longer carries pizza, so. They carry pizza? Well, yeah, you don't remember that? It was the, uh. I, I, I dead set thought you were kidding. Did no, McDonald's no. seriously carry pizza? No, really. And I think it was maybe. Are you the, sure it wasn't one of those combination places that does like pizza at McDonald's under the same I'm absolutely like positive, and I'll tell you why. Because I was a child, uh, and they didn't have those yet. So it was like the late 80s, early 90s, and I remember feeling this anxiety Every time we went to McDonald's because, well, I never ordered the pizza. Um, but, but we would get up to the window and I would, I would, or get up to the, uh, the menu thing, you know, and I would see the pizza on the menu and I would think, how are they going to get that through the window? And, (laughs) and every time I had this like, (gasps) oh, so, you know, I don't know the answer to it. Megan. You don't like live theater, correct? No, I hate it. Can I? I I'm I work in live theater every day. Can I guess that one of the reasons that you dislike live theater has to do with that same kind of anxiety you had about that pizza? What, like worrying about what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. That's not why. Really? Yeah, it's just really cheesy. Like mm. I know you're acting, and you know you're acting, but we're going to pretend like you're not acting, and that this is a real thing. But watching it via a television screen makes their acting more acceptable? Right, because they have no knowledge of me. It allows you to, to further suspend your disbelief. You right. Maintain the verisimilitude and stuff. There's the, um, you know, the fourth wall. Yeah. I mean, they have that in theater, but it's not really. It's like a, it's the 3.5 wall. So does that mean that you dislike Stupid. television shows or movies that break the fourth wall? I don't like it when that happens. Mm. I also don't like uh, movies or, or tele, ex- with one exception. Mm. I also don't like... Uh, uh, television there- shows and movies that uh, are what was that one Louis C.K. did one mm-hmm. that was on a theater set huh. did you see this I only saw his his Louis Louis it was in a show. pub and never saw it. Uh, it was two men's names I can't remember the name of it right now but um, anyway I just because there's this like there are those silences mm. but you can still he- like very faintly hear like stage sounds mm. I'm like this is some bullshit oh. I'm no. it, it, is your exception for Espeler's Day Off no oh, okay just well I mean that's an exception for the fourth wall mm-hmm. but for the theater setup oh okay I'm sorry I wasn't uh, Dogville was I, I really did in, Dogville is it's a Lars Van Trier oh wait 
Wow. I know. Okay. He's he's a fucking cock. I know that. I know. So is Roman Polanski, but yes. I also like his films. <sighs> I'm sorry. No, no, I have no, to you, make you, a hey, separation. Hey, that, that's all you. Do when you, I say trust I'm me. sorry, I, I, I mean I'm brains. not at all. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> listen to a lot of bad brains. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that. I don't know. HR from Bad Brains was, is a notorious misogynistic fuck. Oh. Like, like you know, like possibly rapey misogynistic fuck. It has been for years. I did not know that. I I mean, I know just a limited amount. But they're also one of the greatest brains, punk bands like ever. So. Yeah. About that. Uh, I also listen to a lot of black metal. So separating art from artist has always been itchy. So. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to the. I obviously don't listen to the Nazi black metal, but I have to be careful to check to make sure the band I like, like isn't Nazi, like Nazi African American metal. No, like that would be something. No, no. I mean, literally, like the genre black metal, not the not to say oh, this gotcha. is metal played by black. Yeah, metal, yeah, yeah. But Except there is, and you talked is, about and, that, and, and I've often itched about what to call it, like black squared metal, or like Af just African black metal, or what. But if you yes. say black squared, it sounds like they're not that cool. It, it does. And well, arguably, hey, cool. math is cool, young lady. Oh, Math's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying like squares and not oh, cool. that's like s you're squared, a square. not square. I know, I know. But still, I, I I get where you're going with that. Yeah, but fair, fair enough. Those jokes didn't line up there. It, it, it's okay. We're on the same novel. Yeah, page maybe, but novel. But regardless, no. Um, how was your week? Um, okay, so so there was the pizza mm -hmm. last pizza story. Mm -hmm. Um, I was introduced to reintroduced i should say mm -hmm. to the collegiate magic that is uh totino's party pizza i have no idea what that is is it some, holy some Dallas thing? fuck no no it's a it's a national treasure is a frozen pizza yeah because my friends taught me to swear by red baron so Ooh. i mean yeah, my, it's fine it's fine <laughs> this is guy i grew up in high school uh, i grew up with an, uh, who i went to high school with who um he was obsessed with the band james Especially, oh, I love those And guys. especially their song Laid. Mm -hmm. uh, he, Very popular. He, he would play it like every day a hojillion times. He was kind of obsessed. But the point of the matter is he got very excited when he realized that the length of time necessary to, to play the song Laid was exactly the same as the Did length of time off? it required to toast a single um, no, Red Baron pizza. And the time required to do an extra crispy Red Baron pizza would be the time required to play the uh, acoustic version of James's Laid. I mean, he may have manipulated those times a little bit because it it's, it, you know, there are variables. Well, this was, well, again, this was microwaving a pizza and it was... Um, oh, he microwaved? Hey, you know what? This, it, was a, oh. it was a frozen pizza and I'm, I'm not going to comment about because I, I know there are battles about microwave versus oven baking and quality and crust and stuff and I don't know if Red Baron's accounted for that. All I'm saying is he swore by the fact that you could microwave Red Baron pizza in the time it required to play James's Laid Well, versus, I'm going to give that a try this weekend, I think, maybe tomorrow. Um but on the topic of microwaving, mm -hmm. you know who does not, uh, not only do they not recommend it, but they strictly prohibit it. Mm. Microwaving pizza, Totino's. Mm. Totino's. Oh, yeah. It says on the package. And I know this because, well, I mean, I've eaten a lot of them, but uh, I was uh, in the workplace and uh, I did not have breakfast that morning and I was very hungry. So I knew that there was a Totino's party pizza in the freezer at work. So I texted one of my um, 
coworkers and I said, please, may I have this? And she said, of course. And, uh, uh, I went to get it out of the freezer and I was opening the package and it says very explicitly, do not microwave, do not. And I thought for a minute, like, is it because it won't be delicious? Um, or is it because it's gonna, it's got metal in it and it's gonna like make the microwave catch on fire, which is a possibility. Who it's knows? probably goes turn into a soggy mess. Lots of cadmium <laughs> in a lot in, of the food that I eat, yes, I think probably. I so polonium as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so I just said, fuck it. I'm a risk taker. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this shit. And so I did. I put it in the microwave and it was still tasty. It was just very, uh, soggy. That was my guess. Yeah. Uh, I would pick it up and it would like the, the crust would like kind of stick to my hands like a dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, because I, it is a yeah. dough. I'm gonna guess it was more them trying to be like, this is the way we'd like you to right. consume our pizza to taste. Because this they're thing. artists. Yeah. Exa- sure. It's like, uh, clothing designers wanting to use very thin models so it looks like the clothes are still on the hanger, right? That is a un- unfortunate and, uh, accurate analogy. Thank you. I'd say, yeah. So, uh, I, last night I went to the grocery and I bought a replacement pizza, but I also bought some more for myself. Mm-hmm. And I had one for lunch today. Mm-hmm. And to Jesus Christ, was that shit delicious. Hmm. And also they're right. There's a lot of glory in that toasted crust. And mm-hmm. so microwaving it is just really, you're doing everyone a disservice. I am not disagreeing with yourself or, or, or and or, you know, a large preponderance of pizza advocates in regards to the shoddy practice that is microwaving pizza. I don't even own a microwave. I personally find microwaves to be a little, mm, that's the hippie in me going anti-microwave. I steam or... Bake. They're a little everything. provincial, don't you think? I wasn't gonna say provincial. Just like, no, that's not a way to make delicious food. I mean, you can cheat in some ways, but I try not to do it. No, but no. Um. Uh. Oh, hey. Yeah. Do you, do, do we have time for a quick story about? How yeah, I, I think we do. I, I'm I, trying to stretch all of this shit out. How I understood that. What's the name of the company? Torinos. Totinos. 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 I'm not sure if it was a Totinos pizza per se, but it was a pizza that was available in a frozen format. Um, at the particular bumfuck neck of nowhere section of Camp Pendleton that was stationed on for a little while. Mm-hmm. Because Camp Pendleton is very large. It has all kinds of areas in it. And the area I was stuck in um, was very, very far away from the main area. It had a gate that closed at like 7 p.m. And so the only way to get off base would be to go to this other area of base that unless you had a car, you couldn't get to that other area of base because you couldn't walk there because legit coyotes. And you couldn't and the, and the bus that normally transverses whatever on base stopped also around seven. So basically, after a certain hour, unless you had a car, it was impossible to leave base safely, which is ridiculous because there's also only one pizza place that would deliver to that area. And mm-hmm. the a local PX where you'd get snacks and whatever closed early as well. So basically, unless you, pr- and there's no kitchens in Marine Corps barracks. So unless you had a stock of frozen foods and a microwave and whatever, um, because you couldn't do toasters or hot plates either or foreman grills. Um, you had a microwave and a tiny little mini fridge. So basically, when the chow hall closed and the PX was closed and the, there's only one place that delivered out there, your food options were very limited. It really sucked. But I say all this to say that the PX had a, some frozen things you could buy and then cook in your microwave later. And among those things, they had a selection of frozen pizzas. 
And um, I was in my room one night playing video games, whatever. I hear this bang, 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 bang on the door. And I go to the door. And it's one of my buddies. And he goes, have you seen this shit? Have you seen this shit? And we had gotten out of work late that night. We got out of work at like nine. And he was furious. I'm like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? He goes, have you? Look at this. Look at this. And he's shaking this pizza package in front of my face. And um, I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he, 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 just read the fucking box. Just read it. And he's got the pizza in one hand, frozen, still has plastic in one hand, and the box in the other. And he shoves the box in my face. I pick up the box and I read it. And I, I want to, I'm not sure if it was a Tortino's, but it was a frozen pizza. And mind you, as I've already said, the barracks, a small mini fridge and a microwave. I'm on the edge of my seat here. And he shoves the box in my face on the box. It says, for the cooking instructions, do not microwave. God damn it. So I remember two things distinctly. I remember him just kind of going, God damn it, I'm so fucking hungry. Ah! And just looks at the pizza and tosses it into the night because we're because we have this balcony into the thing, night this balcony like third we're like th- third and fourth floor or something like that and he basically frisbee tosses this is this because you guys are pizza. in the military and yes. you must take orders uh we we can't necessarily go hey sorry guys i'm hungry i'm going to go and get snacks by no i just mean like the the pizza box said no microwaving <laughs> and so you must oblige well it's more a matter of both he and i understood what we just discussed that either yeah. a it was a matter of there's metal in this whatever well then you weren't die, that hungry or b the pizza will turn into a goopy mess would, would you proudly eat did you proudly eat i goopy did pizza? and did it was very tasty which I, is why um, i went to buy some more today i mean and again it's not no no not the one just now the goopy one yeah i'm talking about that it didn't dissuade me enough. It didn't put me off of, it's not like when I was sick when I was a kid and mm-hmm. somebody gave me Thin Mints and then I associated that with like being Despair, ill and then now I don't like them. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was so tasty. It was that tasty. And I was maybe, just, maybe, I mean, I don't I'll know. take it. This friend of mine, I think he was more furious at the idea that with all the rest of those things in mind, all the rest of these obstacles towards like, this is the, this is the only way in which it's easy for you to get food. Be at the chow hall when the chow hall is this open. Is the straw. Or order a shitty takeout. Yeah. Hey, there is this other place where we can offer you frozen options to cook later, but we're going to stock this with foods that require an oven to cook them, or at least it's strongly suggested that you should use an oven to cook them, and you have no oven. So why was that pizza being sold in the PX in the first place? Was he a white guy? Yes. I mean, they can only take so much adversary, adversity, <laughs> adversity before they snap, you know? Sure. I mean, honestly, I can, I can appreciate his rage because <laughs> seriously, like, it's not like, okay, the, the contents of all of the uh, aisles and fridges and whatever in a PX and military base are not haphazard. They are very, like, sure. there are certain beers we are allowed to not allowed to have. There are certain uniform items that are required to carry at the PX. There are certain, uh, brands and types and whatever the things that they have to carry because they and they take a lot of feedback in regards to what should or should not be in there. So it wasn't like, hey, a haphazard just going to the Seven Eleven. This is a very intentionally designed space, very intentionally placed items. So the fact that they chose to include an item that is functionally useless, I mean, it's not like there's, no, there's a lack of microwavable personal pizzas out there. Uh-huh. So I I can definitely understand this frustration. That was their little fuck you. There, see, that's the thing. This is the most important thing. The military experience, especially the Marine Corps experience, and to some degree worse, the uh, CBs experience back when they existed, is a whole string of fuck yous. They call it the green weenie for a reason. Do I want to know the Uh, reason? Whatever thoughts you're thinking about what the green weenie is, that's exactly what it is. Are we talking about like gangrene 
No, we're talking about the idea that the Marine Corps will fuck you. Oh. Yes. uh, The green weenie. So as in like, like new. As in we'll fuck you over. As in the Marine Corps is, is, okay, the green Green part is the military ubiquitous green, not as in the you are new green. What's the ubiquitous green? When you think of military services, when you think of like camouflage clothing, like that that green. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know why that didn't cross my mind. Yes. It's it's referring to the institution at large. Okay. The green weenie. You said Marines and I just thought red. I mean, yes, I appreciate that association. There's a, number, there's a lot of Marine Corps um, stuff about, you know, blood making the grass grow and stuff. Mm-hmm. They get very excited about that. That's good. Yeah, Marine Corps. Mm. Very sweet. So hot topics. Should we do the hot topics? <laughs> okay, let's do that. Let's do that. That was only slightly awkward. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty good for us. I have to say that's why I was Slightly excited. is really all we can hope for. Exactly. Um, I'm going to let you, you've got, you've got a hot topic. You had it at the I beginning do. of the week. I did. I read an article that was like, yep, typical, and uh, shared it amongst our top secret cool kids chat accordingly. Um, basically. And I, I'm not even a super huge fan of Huffington, Huffington Post's journalism, per se, because I'm not going to deny there's not a slant there. I like to, to enjoy things a little I more I think neutral. it's cute that you called it journalism. Yeah. That, that's, that's Well, I'm clarifying there's a difference between like yeah. their political opinion stories and their attempts at journalism, Yeah, which is why I gave it that shade. But they did make an uh, – uh, they amalgamated a bunch of other reporting and basically were like, hey, guys – you know how like tech companies promise to stop helping neo Nazis raise money? Yeah, they kind of haven't. And what I mean by raise money, as in companies like Square or PayPal or Venmo or Stripe or whoever the hell else, and um, GoFundMe and whatnot, because you know Richard Spencer or I don't even like saying their names. Any of these, you know, shady ass fuckers. Voldemort. And, yeah, Vol- exactly, Voldemort. Um, those folk and having to deal with their legal fees or raise money to have their rallies or apply for permits and so on. Yeah, so they need money for that, obviously, and they take donations, or at least they try to. And um, the article basically discusses how um, Stripe, for example, bans the sale of pornography and Facebook likes, and Anadot bans porn and the sale of drugs. Square prohibits users from selling guns, but there's nothing in terms of service that basically say that, like, you know, supporting white nationalist and or hate groups and whatnot is bad. Uh, PayPal is actually not the worst because they explicitly prohibit promotion of rate, of, of um, racial and racial discrimination. So they at least, like, try to go through stuff. But, um, Huffington Post basically goes through and, interrogates these various organizations to get them to respond about why and how they're doing things. And I just think this is particularly interesting in contrast to when it first, uh, when, when WikiLeaks was still considered to be like rogue power to the people type organization and was dropping um, assorted classified materials like cables and so on on the internets. Um, and Julian Assange had to go and hide in the Bolivian embassy because, you know, he was being chased on sexual assault charges. <clears throat> but, and this is not to glorify them in the slightest, but to bring up the point that you, when they were trying to get money for their legal fund, 
um, the Obama administration basically made sure that was as difficult and complicated as possible. Like Visa and MasterCard stopped taking their payment, stopped taking payments to them. PayPal and other sort of organizations stopped taking payments to them for explicitly political reasons. And again, this is not to say that I'm a huge WikiLeaks fan. This is to point out that when you're going to talk about trying to strangle an organization that you don't agree with or care for and you wish to make sure they no longer get money, if it's a matter of they're saying sensitive government stuff, then sure, no problem. It'll be very difficult to give them money. If it's child porny, whatever stuff, it's more difficult to give them money. If they're a bunch of white nationalists and or neo-Nazis, some companies haven't figured out that it shouldn't be fucking okay to give them money. So um, the discrepancy between those assorted elements is, uh, to say the least, troubling. Because, again, when you talk about everybody from Jack from Twitter having a hard time telling Alex Jones to sit the fuck down and shut up, or any other you know tech bro cultural type stuff, it's hard to convince some of these people with what threats are or what they should be worried about because they themselves are not threatened by those people or organizations. Is it is it a legal argument? You, you I mean, you mentioned like child pornography, yeah, which and, is I illegal, mean, and uh, sharing state secrets also illegal. Yes, and I, I would I would concur that that's. Um, I'm, I'm I'm I am definitely conflating a moral and a legal argument here, and I appreciate you're correcting me on that um, because. The law is itchy on that kind of thing. Like there are folks that think that there shouldn't be hate crime laws. There are folks that think, well, it's a crime. It's a crime, right? Well, I mean, what's the difference between like a, 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 a white dude taking a bat, baseball bat to a five-year-old black kid if he's racist or not? I mean, you know, why is it got to be a hate crime? Blah, blah, and so on. And um, I have legit heard arguments similar to that before. And to me, the law is very poor at understanding and or um, expressing uh, differences in power. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the hell you say. Yeah, and, and just, well, and perhaps that granularity is something we need to seriously consider including because no one clearly and apparently is equal in the eyes of the law. That's what we say, but that's not the case. No, it's never happened. So how do you actually, you know, generate that equality? Uh, it needs to be either explicitly dictated in the law or the way in which we handle people legally needs to be changed based on, I don't know, if there needs to be like little fancy class buffers. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a legal scholar. I'm, I'm saying that these, these are, this, this is the, these are the effects. These are the, this is the data I'm seeing. So I, I can't prescribe how to fix it, but there's clearly a discrepancy between our intent and what's happening or our alleged intent and what's happening. Maybe that's the problem, that it is alleged intent and not necessarily authentic. I mean, take it back to what I said earlier, the difference between what's on the tin and what's actually inside. Yeah. Um, so what is this, what is Stripe? Stripe is much like Square, one of those uh, other – referring to, the, to a credit card, Stripe, you know, the little strip in the back. Oh, okay. Um, they, 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 they let you plug things into your phone and swipe stuff to take, them, to take money. Got it. Nothing to do with – Gremlins or nothing to do with gremlins at all. No. Four well, racing, I mean, in this context, might might. Oh, well, gremlins, different kind of gremlin. Eh? No. Mm, possibly. Um. Hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, tech will not save us. I mean, tech could save us if it was you know ethical and or moral in its um in its foundings, but because it's not, it won't. Well, no. Um. It it's supposed no. 
No, no, you're right. It won't. No. It's another tool and it's being used by people that are, you know, not exactly conditioned for empathy. Not only will it not save us, but it's also killing us. That's that's a whole other conversation into itself. I mean, not not just that tech is killing us, but like that, like there's a correlation in. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm going to speak in broad terms here, and I apologize in advance. But you know, when the tech community is comprised of you know spectrum dude bros, and it's not to say that spectrum people are terrible, but like when you have people that like, hey, I want a job that allows me to deal with uh, clearly identifiable rules and permutations and algorithms and things, and not people. And um, it pays well, and it requires me to go to school and do stuff, and I have access to those resources, and I can hide in the basement and type on a computer all the time and not talk to anybody. It doesn't matter then if a woman won't have sex with me. <laughs> Arguable. Or under what circumstances that occurs. Uh, but the, the point is that like – Or doesn't occur. We have like a society. We we have a society that encourages and or nurtures uh, 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 socialist and, and, and sociopaths and narcissists on one side, and then we have a tech culture that in, that um, values and or rewards people that are suited to processing a specific set of tasks in a certain fashion in the absence of empathy or human interaction. Mm-hmm. And those are the same kind of folk that are actively. In, I mean, I'm making some wildly inductive reasoning based statements right now and i get that but and there's plenty of so how about this let's generate some some deductive reasoning based studies to actually parse this through you know there's actually um a book a guy wrote about sociopaths recently that uh talks about or is it psychopaths yes psychopaths and those those are the successful guys well this is my point again we live in a society that supports acknowledges and rewards psychopathy yeah so, but is this and, the guy that is actually a psychopath? There's, no, this is that British dude who has like the occasional bit on America, this American life. I don't remember the title of the book. Oh, I, I love that guy. Look. He's kind of got a little lilt. Yes, he's and, hilarious. But he, he he wrote a book where he goes and he he interviews a bunch of psychopaths and uh, just has them take the psychopath Way, test and stuff and things. I think I heard this. Yeah, and so again, we have a society that rewards and nurtures psychopaths. We have a tech culture that. Um, as long as you make the monies, however, wherever you got to do to make the monies, do what you got to do. And we're surprised that things are ending up the way they are with tech not saving us. This is why the metal ones are coming. Just expediting the process. Well, there's a whole other argument about AI and what AI will consist of. And my personal beliefs about when we are as narcissistic as we are and we're creating AI in our own image, what else is going to happen? But AI is going to turn around and in the act of being a perfected version of us mm-hmm. turn around and realize how imperfect we are i mean we don't have to realize that future but that's literally the one we're manifesting because you know we haven't ever solved the shelley question we never really dealt with mary shelley is still the sole um arbiter and or archetype generator of what ai and or us creating something like us would result in the creature is only going to turn around and say father or mother what have you done and why did you make me there's no consideration. I've talked about this before. Um, there's no consideration of hive intelligence or other types of intelligence altogether, apart from a narcissistic, individually driven um, human intelligence. There's literally a roboticist out there who is waiting for the first AI to exist so he can try to convert it to Christianity. I mean, that's we are making our own destruction that way because that's the only way, only thing we know to, we, we've understood to manifest because no one's questioned that dialogue, that one power dynamic of Frankenstein and his creation. 
I'm going to get a basket bed with my name on it. I'm going to grovel like you've never seen anyone grovel. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There are other realities. Uh, We're just choosing to focus on this make one. Make a welcome sign in some <laughs> streamers. And... I'm going to make hey, a note guys. to link that Samantha B story about crazy roboticist dude. Okay. This is back when she was on Daily Show. She did a story about that guy. That's not working at all. I'm, that I'm pen's talented. not going to work for you. You're going to have to find a different one. <sighs> Fine. Uh, well, in the meantime, um, so we, wait, we, those, that was my hot topic. It's your turn. My hot topic got very long and windy. My apologies. No, 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 no. Uh, Yours Don't. also is long and windy and intense, so. Well, shit, I just lost my place. Of course I did. Why is this? Because you're touching your phone. Oh, balls. Okay, so uh, we had a suggestion earlier in the week. Someone had messaged me and, and suggested a topic. So uh, this has been something that's been pretty heavily covered in the news recently. Um, the... Uh, the report that details uh, sexual abuse by more than 300 priests in Pennsylvania's Catholic Church. Uh, all right. So uh, the person said in their message to me, Pennsylvania is questioning if it should remove the statute of limitations. Should um, crimes like this be prosecuted decades later? Um, and many of the priests are already dead. Are the victims looking for revenge, and what does that solve for them? Revenge. These are not. These are not this person's perspective. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I understand. What he's, the, yeah, yeah, he's bringing up points yeah. that he can see other people. He did not, you know, espouse I mean, one particular. Belief he did himself. represent his uh, position to me later. Hmm. Uh, pun intended. Um, I just find the idea of revenge and the way it's being uh, in the way it's discussed to be interesting. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. So, um, so then, yeah, he goes on to, to, to talk about, I don't know if he, I mean, I'm not saying his name, so mm. I could probably just say what he said, right? Sure. Um, he said, it's hard to say because I've never been abused, so I don't know what they feel. Part of me thinks I would want to move past it and not dig it back up, especially in the, uh, if the abuser is dead. If anything, I would uh, want reform, would want church reform, but not money. And then he asked me what I thought, which I will, of course, say. Um, and then he, he went on to say, I'd like to see people push for allowing priests to be married or to have a partner. Uh, I think this would stop most of this. Uh, these sexual urges of humans can't be uh, pushed aside so easily. And I think it's wrong for the church to do otherwise. So I would be inclined to agree with him on that point. I also agree with him on that point. Um, so thoughts. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. So many thoughts. Should we, should we recap the, the, uh, I think most people with eyeballs and ears are aware, but if you want to, I would, uh, I think it'd be entirely appropriate. Mm. Um, well, people, eyeballs and ears that's so fucking ableist yeah Go i was ahead. gonna say people with working ears <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty ableist my apologies are not going to be listening to this podcast exactly uh you could also argue that especially people with working ears aren't going to be listening to this podcast <laughs> so Possibly. you know equal it's all equal anyway um so so yeah the uh i don't I don't remember exactly. I read it this at the beginning of the week and you know how short my memory is, but 
I guess the short version of the story is three yeah. three hundred priests, one thousand victims. Is that the short version? Yeah, they the, initially there they had said something like thirty or something, and then mm-hmm. it just like it kept spiraling blew up. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're trying to they're debating whether or not to take away the statute of limitations, which is what what he said earlier in his message. But I so. There's so many. I, I tend to go off the rails and get all in depth and weird about es- and esoteric about stuff. But I don't want to question this? the very nature of statute of limitations because I can understand some of the reasons why it should exist. But there's also a whole bunch of reasons of why it shouldn't really exist because that implies that like the effects of a crime eventually just disappear go into nothingness, away. or it's and no longer worth, cool. or, it, or no longer is worth anybody's time and effort when like it's clear that. Actions have consequences, and mm-hmm. that, like the number of times in which statute of limitations have been used, be like, well, wh- what does that change now? Or wh- what does that change anything about? Uh, how does that actually affect us now? When there's easy answers to those questions, but they're uncomfortable answers. Yes. So it's, I altogether, I understand when there's issues of like, why are we digging this up? But the idea of we're digging it up because you yourself may be made uncomfortable or awkward by this thing being brought into reality but or or into the fore but that doesn't address how other people that are clearly affected by it or how just not thinking about something doesn't make it any less real right not talking about something or an event or a wound or whatever doesn't make it less real yeah so, avoidance is is not a very effective um approach i would even argue that one of the reasons why that debate even exists in any sphere be it uh when it comes to one's psychological health or one's physical health or a society or an institution dealing with past transgressions or whatever else is that uh some people in our institutions value stability more than they value justice or equity or sanity or fairness stability is more important stability of Stability of the organization, stability of uh, 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 the idea that the sun's going to rise tomorrow and you will drive to work and you will go to work and you'll work your nine to five job and mm-hmm. you will be productive in whatever fashion and then come home. That's that that cycle that other services and people and whatever are dependent upon continues. Yeah, except the argument, and I know this isn't your point, I'm, mm. but but to that point. Uh, the argument can be made that stability is uh, not necessarily what we think it is. So, for example, uh, the Catholic Church, if if uh, the position was, well, it's stability if we don't talk about stuff mm-hmm. uh, right now, then uh, things will go back to some position of homeostasis and we will carry mm-hmm. on and everyone will go through their, it it will be routinized and everybody Mm -hmm. knows what to do and all that. But you can argue that the longer that that goes on, uh, the more risk there is for, um, uh, I don't know. Manipulation and or other outside influence. Right. That. So, um, like rotting from the inside, but then also you could go on with a routine and then something comes to upset that routine. And then everything, all of that time that was invested in this quote unquote stabilization is then disrupted. So, so, so the damage, the collateral damage is even greater than maybe it would have been if you had dealt with it in the beginning. So, uh, so stability is a really tricky 
um, position to or a, a, a definition yeah. to defend. And I, I agree. And the, the fact of the matter is that, especially when as a manifestation of that stability, or in this case, consistency, you should be able to trust your priest. You know, hey, the, and and right. that being that that is the that is the fulcrum they use to be able to perpetuate this. In fact, because of course it couldn't be Father So and So because he's a priest; he would never do he that. He is who you go back to uh, regain stability and exactly. consistency. Like you go to talk to him, and he tells you to do the whatever it is that Catholics do, and then it's it, it's a classic execution and a reminder of why absolute power corrupts absolutely when there is no accountability. When you are the person that people will go to if you were abused and you're also the abuser, then that means that by definition – I wouldn't say by definition, but it is much more likely for you to become an abuser. Yes. Because the opportunity exists. Not to say that you personally are going to change into something you weren't before, but that if that is a tendency that you had, then it becomes easy for you to manifest it so it's going to happen. Which, you know, is makes it very funny. Not ha-ha funny, but, you know, bizarre. Ironic, Andrew. Uh, but but, but yes. again, this, the, the Vatican is completely self-contained. Yeah, and, and, and their own this banking is the issue. system and mm-hmm, their own. Mm-hmm. And this is the issue: is that when you lack accountability, what else do you expect is going to happen? So I. Well, um, I mean, if you're at the top, fucking awesome shit's going to happen. That's what. Mm. Am I right? High five. Uh, I'm going to drink instead. Okay, I. That's why I didn't raise my hand because <laughs> I, I knew I, you were going to do I know, it. I know, I know. That was that was actually also, a case where it was very it. clear. Yeah. But no, um, I I think that. This is the issue that, like, I don't want to just blame the Abrahamics again, but when you claim to be <laughs> absolute Sorry, and, you, and you claim to contain absolute accountability, but you, in fact, and, and it's entirely internal, then things of this nature are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have someone who has limitless power, they are going to limitlessly exploit that power. Yeah. So... The issue, uh, the issue to me isn't so much that it's happening. The issue is why do we continue to support, create, and generate situations where institutions have this kind of power, be it from cops to priests to politicians to wherever else. If someone is without question, then that demands – or, or they're perceived to be without question. And that means they need questioning, period. Yes. Um, the, oh, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Um, so the other point that I had made in response was that, um, I don't know if I made it to the person directly, but, um, you know, maybe somebody says, well, you know, you just, you get over it. Like you have time to process it. And let's say you have therapy but what does getting uh, over it mean? And though? then you exactly. This is where I'm going. So, <laughs> so you have therapy. Problem solved. I used to work with a um, a physician actually in Illinois in the mm. emergency room, and he said to me once, I was there to assess a um, a patient that was in crisis that had been there just like the week or two weeks before, and he, this guy was a super dick. He comes up to me and he's like, you know what? Uh, they were just in the hospital like psychiatrically hospitalized, you you guys hospitalize them, and uh, then you discharge them. Why aren't they fixed? He used the word fixed, uh, as if we're talking about like... A car. Yeah. This isn't... Um, Engineering is not people. It's it's not a flesh wound. You don't like yeah. put some antibiotic cream on it and then put a Band-Aid on it, and then it 
it clears up and then you, it never causes you problems again. That's not how this works. Mm. It's more like, um, diabetes, you know, you can, you can treat it and you can manage it, but you don't like just cure it. It doesn't go away without maintenance. And that's what therapy is. People mm -hmm. can get to the point where they are perfectly functional mm -hmm. uh, and go about their lives. But there's never, uh, there's never a point where you can just not, at the very least, continue to use skills that you developed in therapy in order to maintain that level of functionality. It's, it's never, you never like, just like say, okay, well, that's finished. And then you like finish doing those steps or whatever it is. And, and I think that people don't understand that a lot of times, actually, this is just a side note. That's part of the reason why therapy isn't helpful for people because they don't realize that it's a, it's a maintenance. Yep. Um, insert Rick approach. and Morty rant here. Right. Ooh, that's another thing. I'm glad that you said that word, but go on. Uh, Rick uh, and Morty? Well, no, because uh, John had something he wanted me to talk about. It's not exactly a hot topic, so maybe I should have done this before. But Well, real quick, though, have you seen the Rick and Morty episode I'm talking about? Uh, which one? Uh, the episode where Rick turns into a pickle because he doesn't want to go to therapy. I did not see that one, which surprises oh. me because I was living in West Virginia and yeah. I didn't have anything else to do. Basically, the therapist he's supposed to go and see that he ends up at after being turned into a pickle um, reads him for fucking filth. About the importance of therapy, and she had her understanding of why he doesn't want to do it. Uh, it's it, it's brutal and amazing, and I think that it's it's interesting how a lot of the fans of Rick and Morty are the kind of people that message was pretty much designed for. Yeah, but they're still like it's it totally just like it sailed right over their fucking heads. Well, because we're the exception. Of course, we are so special. People identify with Rick so hard without understanding just how the series is basically a long indictment of his perspective and what and, and the chaos that it causes. Yes. But it's it's beautiful and amazing. It but is. Yeah. It is a very. I do really enjoy the layers of that show. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of layers. I've not seen it in quite. Also, very good soundtrack. Totally. Much of the oh, time. dude, all the fucking blonde redhead they lay in that shit. I was gonna say. Fuck yes. Speaking Kazuo of Kazuo Makino is one of my favorite people on the planet, yo. Speaking of Rick and Morty yeah. and therapy, mm. I had this uh, this little. Uh, uh, dependent personality disorder guy come in mm -hmm. um, that would come see me like once every three weeks or something in West Virginia in my office and uh, he comes in and, and sometimes he's very like he 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 was very like teenager like like mm -hmm. closed off and like you know mm, and I don't want to talk about it or mm. whatever and uh, I had music playing in the background and uh, he said this was on Rick and Morty. And I was like, yeah, it's blonde redhead. And he's like, oh my God. And then I became uh, the coolest adult he'd ever met. Fuck yeah. Right? I've seen them live twice, by the way. Well, bully for you. Once back in the Dizay in like 95 when they were touring on um, expressions of the, of the inexpressible. And once uh, back in like 2012, 2011, 2011 when they were touring on um, whatever that multi-legged tennis playing lady album was. I, uh, just after that, actually. I read two articles that suggested that she was very temperamental, mm -hmm. kind of like a uh, Hope Sandoval. <laughs> Hope Sandoval, I guess. Either or. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if that's true. Is that true? I have no idea. She was, I mean, we didn't like talk extensively, but I, I like screamed a song out that I wanted to hear. And she goes, we're going to play some old stuff. Nothing that old, though. That was kind of nice. 
Mm. But um, yeah, I really like that band. They're pretty amazing. I also like them mm-hmm. as musicians. Yep. Cannot speak to them as people. The pace putters are super cute. But we both know that they're uh, they're Italian guys, right? They are twins. super hot Italian twins, yes. Their hair's a little curly for me. but Oh, curly. Ooh, curly. No, they're super cute. Uh, shit, where was I going? I was going to... Oh, yeah, John, John, John. John, John, John? John, uh, John boy. John girl? Sent me this. Uh, let's see here. I wonder if that's coming up on the recording, the... The juice box snore. Juice box snoring noises? I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Oh, amazing. Uh, we'll post pictures of juice box for content totally so should, people know. Because juice box is the man. Okay. Um, okay. So so this is a message from John that he wanted me to include on the uh, podcast. It says, um, my Facebook friend and a co-host of the comic book Queers podcast passed away this week. Uh away from cancer last week, I guess it was. Uh, his name was Steve Disney, um, and he was an awesome guy. His favorite superhero hero was Power Girl, and I'll miss him. And he wanted us to talk about, um, he said that uh, you always see this uh, expression, insert name here, lost their battle with cancer. I hate that because uh, it insinuates the person failed in some way. I don't know why we say it. Um, uh, So anyway, that is what he wanted for us to discuss. Um, Insert name here. Are you, I don't know if I've seen it in that context before. I've definitely heard that mentioned a great deal. And um, I, I agree that like, it's it is it does place a i i appreciate that it understands it as a fight and as an adversary as something that you know could be or should be or whatever overcome but it does make it seem kind of inherently defeatist and or that the person that um that 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 died was not good enough or strong enough or awesome enough when like i don't know it, it also speaks a lot to the poor understanding that lay per- both laypersons and medical personnel have of um, what cancer is, where it comes from. How, it, it's, it's really, cancer is just multi-fat. It's so much more complex medically than we think of as civilians. Yeah, I didn't realize like, that until recently. Yeah, it's extraordinarily complex. It's not just like, oh, one day your cells go rogue. There's cancers that are uh, triggered by infections. There's cancers that are triggered by chemical exposures. There's cancers Genetics. that are triggered by, yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff. So the one word cancer should in fact be like, it's like, oh, balls. Oh, there we go. So now you're hearing our, our, our co-host yeah. saying hello to neighbors. Sorry, you guys. It's all good. Please don't mind our co-host. So, do you wander outside? Damn it. Yeah, should, hold on. We're going to pause for a second and take care of our, yeah, all right. Okay, we're back. Sorry, had to take care of a minor, you know, puppy-related issue. But to pick up right where we left off, because as far as you folk out there are concerned, there's been no break whatsoever. Um, I was about to say that, yeah, uh, it, I mean, much the same way that, you know, allegedly Inuit folk, and this is, this is you know, I, I, I don't recall if it's actually supported or not, but conceptually speaking, in much the same way that it's thought that Inuit folk have a whole list of words for different kinds, types, flavors, shades of snow, the fact that we have only one word for cancer is really dumb. Because it's a lot more complicated than just like this random thing that popped up. And 
um, I think that an increase in the granularity of our understanding of cancer, even as non-medical personnel, is very important to us being able to actually do something about it because there's really not that much um, awareness um, among non-medical f- uh, folk about what it is, what it does, how it works, unless you've been personally affected by it, which actually is probably going to happen at some point. But as long as we're lazy about what it consists of, it's not really going to really stick. And there's that that uh, disenfranchised guilt, or not guilt, uh, grief. I'm sorry mm. about uh, you know mourning someone who's died from cancer. Mm. They say, you know, you you say somebody so and so died from cancer, and they say, oh well, you know, what kind was it? Mm-hmm. And then you'll say, what if you say lung cancer? They'll say, oh, did they smoke? Yeah, or you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it could be primarily caused by smoking it could be caused not at all by that so let's get let's get conspiratorial for a second here okay um oh just now no, well yeah as opposed to altogether but like yeah the, the number of types of cancer that like are caused by some kind of chemical mutagen or reagent or carcinogen or whatever outside of cigarette smoke environmental yeah, or lifestyle I mean, choice. exactly and the fact that they i mean some types of cancer and or their occurrences are clustered around certain um, uh, geothermal events or certain um, uh, other environmental factors like how close you live to be it power lines or uh, water treatment plant or hog lagoons or um, hell, a literal radioactive waste dump or whatever else. I mean, there's really not a lot of public dialogue about those kinds of things. And I mean, I'm going to argue that maybe to some degree it's intentional because mm, we don't yes. want to really admit just how many things that we do. Because I mean, we eat Totino's pizza <laughs> pretty regularly now that we've rediscovered yeah, it, or like, that sort of thing. Or like the, the, the lack of knowledge we have regarding, you know, it's, it's increasing considerably lately because of the interest in microbiomes and whatnot. How, um, you know, Epigenetics as a field is a thing to where we recognize that your genetic code is not the some set thing that you're born with and basically your living is an expression of that code and that's it. No, that code is editable and there are various bacteria and viruses that have evolved to edit your genetic code on, on the fly live and that you yourself also edit your genetic code on the fly live. Like certain traumas or stresses or experiences will cause you to express parts of your genetic code that you don't normally express. Yeah, it's a working those. title. Exactly. Excellent analogy. And so as a result, that's also one of the spaces into which cancer can manifest when certain genes get turned on or off by certain experiences. So yeah, we as laymen have a really poor understanding of how all of this stuff works. And I think that as um, if, if, if layman knowledge is a sample size for scientific knowledge and or a a society's given knowledge or a culture's given knowledge of how to deal with a particular thing. As that level of knowledge increases, we have a better chance of being able to make changes that actually fix things for reals. Yeah. Language is important. Yep. Very important. The way we talk about shit is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think a lot of people believe and or understand that. I'll... Make a note here to include some of that epigenetic Not with that stuff. pen, you won't. Well, I can carve things into this <laughs> postcard that will be Oh, later man. Viewed. Yeah. We I, do have I, a notebook uh, lying around here somewhere. Yeah, but there's a, for a functioning pen in it, though. I'll, I'll bring it out into the light next week. Uh, yeah. So. Um, was there... Was there um, wait. Did we, 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 we talked about your hot topic. We talked about my hot topic. Uh, we talked about... Well, one of the things we didn't talk about regarding your hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, uh, 
the person we're going to cheerfully refer to as Jesus for right now, mm-hmm. descended upon us uh, last week and actually uh, descended upon my textifications recently to comment about how one of the things that needs to be discussed regards the Catholic Church and its many wacky transgressions is, I mean, I would, I would put it in the framework of amongst the traditionalisms the Catholic Church espouses is its treatment of women and uh, not just in the, well, adjacent to its expressions and forms of abuse, the way in which, the ways in which nuns are treated and how they're like perpetually basically like, you know, not just brides of Jesus, but like functionally brides of the priests as far as like cooking and cleaning and doing all this bullshit domestic stuff because they're women because they are brides of Jesus like that or whatever. And they're kept on staff because, you know, you need female Catholics or else there wouldn't be other Catholics but the dudes don't really have time to. Yeah, you know, and this is the thing though is like fuss with that. How arguably these um, meted out and carefully regulated roles of masculinity and femininity conforming to those generic archetypes of hey, the men can be sexualized and that's cool. The women cannot be sexualized, and the men are in charge and the women cook and clean. And the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church altogether, as an edifice and expression of this very. Um, I would even argue unrealistic and or institutionalized versions of what masculinity and femininity should be under that particular spiritual matrix that are in fact not survivable and not exactly the, you know, the best way to conduct any society unto itself. It has to exist in adjunct to something, you know, it's not a functional society unto itself. In order to do that, priests have to get married and, you know, nuns have to, you know, make babies and whatever to be able to perpetuate whatever into the future. So, if it's going to be whatever artificial structure, but even its artificial structure isn't necessarily, you know, organized in a fashion that's designed for sustainability. No, no, absolutely not. No. And you, th- th- this you is keep my point. them completely separate. So This is my point. Um, so, yeah, we're going to pretend like these two, uh, these two sexes are, are not, not to intertwine. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, that's just a bad business model. Well, I mean, and, and to be clear, I want to be, I want to have folks understand that there's a difference between like this pseudo case system we're talking about that is inherently interdependent and the generation of a functional society into itself that is capable of perpetuating itself because it's capable of producing offspring and or acquiring them via adoption or wholesale colonial whatever is whatever. But the point I'm trying to make is that the standards to which Catholic culture Inside, in, in the priesthood holds itself are, as, as you mentioned, Megan, uh, uh, calls on air or off air in regards to people's sexual activities. It's inherently untenable. You know, humans are going to want to, you know, touch each other and fuck things. It's That's, dependent upon them wanting to do that. Exactly. And unless there is some rational outlet for that, I mean, hell, I would love to see like a particular sect of, uh, 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 the Catholic Church, uh, much like, you know, I don't know, the, um, what do you call them? The, the, the Trappists make beer, and maybe the, like, the, the Sapphics are a bunch of, like, lesbians that hang out together and do good works for the community and happen to boff each other all the time. And the same thing for the dudes, a whole bunch of, like, you know, call them, uh, the Church of Arrows, whatever. It's like, hey, this is the thing, we hang out, we do good works for the community, and we also boff each other all the time. Who the fuck cares what, your, your sexual activity should not, dictate whether or not you can also be sacred or holy or be able to do good works for yourself and or for others why does that separation exist 
I mean, it's literally one of the tenets of the Catholic Church. I get it, but it's also one of the tenets of most of the Abrahamics, as in it's something that a lot of Eastern faiths and other, you know, older faiths, I mean, for God's sakes, the Oracle at Delphi and or like, you know, all the temples to Ishtar back in the day or whatever. Sexuality is the, 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 the inherent demonization of sexuality is a very much Judeo-Christian Abrahamic thing. And a lot of the folks don't rock like that and don't really have to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and on the topic of, of other religions, I was just thinking as you were speaking, you know, people will say things about various other religions about like being oppressive to women. And this Mm -hmm. is, this is terrible. And I hadn't thought about it until recently, but the Catholic church is not, uh, Super nice to the ladies. Yeah, dissimilar from <laughs> yeah. that. So no, it's arguably been used as a system of control in that vein. Yes. For for God's sakes, the, the what was it recently? It wasn't um, Ireland recently finally got abortion through, which was primarily opposed by the Catholic Church. Yes. And uh, it was either Venezuela or Argentina. Which South American country was it that recently had it was their Venezuela, thank I think. you their attempt at uh, that legalizing abortion? Um, uh, uh, get struck down due primarily to the efforts at lobbying this by the Catholic Church. To, to not say that, you know, the ability to choose when you pop out a baby is not both a public health issue and a women's rights issue and medical issue and a bunch of other things rolled into one is just. Dumb. Except if we're, if we're going back to the, uh, <laughs> what was it, the, uh, conspiratorial, uh, facet of our conversation, mm-hmm. um, not being able to choose when you pop out a baby keeps the uh, wealth gap pretty wide. It also keeps you guys busy. You know, that's, uh, that's literally half the population that can't become politically engaged and or otherwise engaged because they're busy popping out kids. I make that argument to my closest friends. Uh, I keep it from people that I don't know very well because because of the onslaught of like you know, shaking fingers or whatever, but no, this is kind of why, uh, is this why women are behind? Because we've had to spend all of our efforts. I would say yes and no. I mean, the, the particular, I mean, by my guesstimation at least, and please correct me, but, um, the idea of abortion as a political issue in that particular lens has only existed to my knowledge in this country in the last hundred years or so. Um, it was as the evangelical right, started to stake issues out that they wish to, you know, the, the hills they wish to die on, so to speak, they realized that the race issue was a bit itchy. So they chose to then make it an abortion issue instead because of the broader based appeal and because it didn't involve race. But abortion was always uh, treated as a, like a non-option. I agree. It was, it was always, okay, let me, let me be clear. It was always something that was um, complicated and hidden and secret, whatever, right. but it didn't become a, top of the news, make or break, how do you feel about this? We're going to talk about it and make clear that you will either be viewed as okay or not okay by whatever our moral rule set based on how you answer this question issue in the last 50 years mm-hmm. as far as American politics go. I mean, for, for God's sakes, uh, contraception at large, I mean, since the ancient world has always been an issue and um, medical abortion so far as how to stop you from having a kid once it's clear that you're having a kid 
is also an issue that's been constant since the ancient world. For God's sakes, the Romans successfully fucked an herb out of existence. There's this one particular, it was like on Roman coins and stuff. There was this one particular plant that women would use in ancient Rome to make sure they did not get pregnant. Is and it spinach? It is not spinach. Oh. Um, and I'll, I'll try to include a link to this article. I, I assume that's why I haven't been pregnant there yet. There you go. Because you're, <laughs> But, oh, um, it's not spinach. Yeah, they, they they basically like this herb was an excellent contraceptive, and they used it so much it no longer exists. Hmm. It's always been a thing for women to be able to manifest in some shape or form control over this thing that was, you know, them being unable to exert their own agency because they were otherwise occupied with managing and cajoling and or raising someone else's agency. Right. Well, you don't want to teach the slaves to read. Exactly. So I appreciate your intersectionality in that note, and you're entirely correct. Thank you. So should we close this up? I think that's probably a one. We should have a palate cleanser, though. We should have something to like. I don't have any stories about hot dog water uh, because those are your least favorite. (laughs) I didn't say they're my least favorite. I just think that you like you know we should we're gonna go positive. We should go like inherently distinctly positive. Um. Oh, juice box is really sad. He's having turkey. Oh, juice box. You can't eat turkey forever, juice box. Yes. You cannot survive a diet of turkey alone. Well, actually, you probably could, but turkeys are actually the wild ones you, are pretty wily. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I don't know that it's a dog enough could. fat. A dog could actually. I mean, if we're talking about turkey breast, I guess the whole turkey in in general. Yes, which I don't eat. But, Lots of intrals. Uh So should we look for? I did have some weird news. Um, what have I been reading about this week? I've been um, reading White Metropolis, and I've been reading Raisin in the Sun this week. Because I've actually never read Raisin in the Sun. Uh, neither of these things are palate cleansers. No, they're not. Both very serious. Maybe that's a serious thing I should add to my life. I need to get more whimsical media in my existence. I tend well, to go super serial all the time. I felt like I was your whimsical outlet. Oh, I'm your palate you're my whimsical cleanser. outlet. Um, you yourself are my. Oh, here's kid. something very Uh-oh. that doesn't require a lot of discussion. Sure. Um, at the age of sixty which I guess he is turning or has turned, Snoop Dogg will be 420 in dog years. Hey. <laughs> okay, you know what? There you go. You know what? I, I, I'm, Lack I, of I'm research. I am Wins not again. even mad. <laughs> I am not even mad about it. Even, even Juicebox is excited about that. He's right. Yeah. He's right. Uh, here, I said, come here. I said come here. dog. Come here. Uh, he's really into rap. Is he? He, he also Box. probably got, he, he recognized he was being referenced and got a little excited about that too. Yeah. Fair enough. Well All right, so are we good? We're good. We're good? All right, ladies and gentlemen, for the record, if you have any rantings, ravings, angry bits, suggestions, whatever, to scream, shout, or speak at us, we can be reached at letters at secretlytimid.com. Megan can be occasionally harassed on the Twitters at Meg the Merciless. I am at O underscore T underscore N underscore O. Yes, it's all capitals. Um, and we're the only ones that are here, so screw the rest of the folks. Hope you're well. Stay sane. Don't forget to floss. We will be back next week. Well, uh, consider will. that a threat. <laughs> I won't. I'll be oh, busy. God damn it. You said you loved me, but you threw me.